You're listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. Is there anything better than cracking open a cold beer and listening to your favorite podcasts? No, sir. And I'm here to tell you that the beer you should be cracking is one from our new sponsor, Circle Brewing, located in Austin, Texas at 2340 West Breaker Lane, Sweet B. You can have a frosty one in their fabulous tap room where lots of seasonal specials await you, or you can get lots of their treats in the bottle or can at your local craft beer retailer. Try their award-winning Alibi Blonde or their diabolically rich D- Devil Knight Barrel-Aged Stout. They have so many solid choices, and they are the official sponsor of OneOfUs.net. Support Circle Brewing and support us, and we really need your support. There is no site without subscribers, and that depends on you. Please think about becoming a subscriber, because we cannot do this without you. The four different subscription tiers are there to give different flavors of bonus content, but we absolutely need your help, whether you sign up to give $2, $5, $10, or $25 a month. Don't be one of those people who love something, but won't lift a finger to keep it around. Help one of us and keep those podcasts coming. Well, I think we got a pretty oh, exhaustive discussion about the songs, which is pretty cool, actually. Yeah. So uh, now we're moving on to, well, which I'm really excited to talk about, too. Original score. So, <laughs> <laughs> what was that? I don't even know. That, was, that, that was me being very excited about the next uh, 40 minutes. Of that this. is very excited. <laughs> well, so I'll just read through the names once again, just like a different songs. Um, from top to bottom, we got Black Panther, composed by um, Ludwig Göransson. <laughs> Then you got Black Klansman, composed by Terrence Blanchard. Then you got If Beale Street Could Talk by Nicholas Patel. Dogs by Alexandre Desplat. And then Mary Poppins Returns by Mark Shannon. Sorry, I just okay, realized so I made a noise. Yeah. As you okay. said, Black Panther, I made a noise that sounded like me saying like "boy," but it wasn't. Actually, I was moving, <laughs> I was moving on my chair, and I just, I'm, you know, I, I just made a noise. Bad so. timing, <laughs> boy. Well, especially because that's the first one we're going to talk about here. So please mm. vindicate, you know, uh, vindicate yourself from that boy. What do you think about Black Panther? <laughs> I'm gonna fail so hard. <laughs> um, am I start? I'm starting. Okay. Um, sure. Why well, not? Well, Ludwig. Gurasson, which is a Swedish guy. Oh, he's Swedish. That made. He's Swedish, I think. Um, He's so good. (laughs) 
he's really a good uh a, a, <laughs> he's a good songwriter yeah he had a big year last year he did venom soundtrack too yeah. so yeah and, and <laughs> don't remind me please i'm just saying like he's, he had a couple of very big high profile movies that he scored yeah, yeah. but yeah, cool cool but yeah. however he at its core he he's a songwriter and and i just I, nah but can we can can, we, can I just say something? In 2018, we've had how many superhero movies? Six, seven. We had Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, Venom, The Incredibles. Can we count yeah, The Incredibles as, as super? Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah, right. Superhero movie. Um, Deadpool two, Avengers, mm-hmm. Aquaman, Infinity War. Yeah. And can we count Aquaman. Ralph breaks uh, the internet? Ant Man and the Wasp. Yeah. Ant Man no, and the Wasp. Ralph's not a superhero. No, that Ralph's not. You're right. It's a video game. But like <laughs> we've had we've had like seven high profile. Um, superhero movies, and the one that they pick is Black Panther, which I I I watched the movie three times. I'm just gonna be honest because I love that. I I love Marvel. I love DC, and I watch them. Um, and it, okay, I personally personally, I'm just gonna say this. I'm, I would have picked Avengers: Infinity War. Well, because I know you're Oscar. a big uh, Sylvester fan, right? Yeah, I am a huge Adam Sylvester fan. Um, my biggest, my biggest is uh, Daniel Foon, to be honest. But okay. yeah, that's that's my hero in life. If I, if I meet him in real life, I can die in that instant and be happy. I'll, I'll <laughs> just say there, I'll be completely happy. I think your wife um, might have a problem with that, but she might. Maybe, yes. Yeah, you're right. She might. <laughs> no, I I would have picked Avengers: Infinity War just because of the sheer uh, emotional drive that the movie would have had. But hey, we're talking about Black Panther. Black Panther is cool. It has a huge, you know, um, um, African American representation, which I love. I, I well, not finally... just African American, like African, like really, like you know, like, like... African. Yes, exactly. In, in general, just uh, you know, I, I love that. We needed that so much, and and I think and I think they performed it very well. Now the score is just um, uh, Spider Man into the Spider Verse. Anyone? Hi. That's much better score anyway. Well, how much original music was in that one? Because there's a lot of songs in that, too. Yeah, that's an amazing soundtrack. Everyone there, should no, buy there, it. There's a lot of really good actual, yeah. like, score in yeah, in a freaking Into the oh, Spider-Verse. Okay, I was, really just, re-listening to it. I was yeah. really just listening to it just yesterday. Yeah, they're, they're, it's beautiful. The music is beautiful. Uh, the, 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 the whole production, it's fantastic. And I just, I'm here thinking, why was... That not nominated. If you want to, you know, uh, African American, African representation. I mean, Spider Man is a black kid. You know, it, it, it's 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 it, you have that. You have it. It's there. You know, even if it's animation, I guess I don't know. Well, the problem is, is that Into the Spider Verse didn't gross a billion dollars worldwide. So that is true. Yeah. Fine. You know, I agree with that. But you know, it, again, that's that's me ranting. I agree. Uh, I agree. Stupidly. You know, I'll um, bet the uh, the people who listen to the music to decide. Mm-hmm. They got the soundtrack, and it starts with Spidey Bells, and they're like, "Nope," and just passed immediately. <laughs> I agree. Yeah. No, I think I think you're right. I think that's exactly what happened. Oh, Spidey Bells, Spidey Bells, swinging through Midtown. Oh, what fun to sling a web and take the bad guys down. What kind of Because Spidey Bells is a fun song. It is. It is a beautiful song. <laughs> fun. I think fun would be the word I use for that. Yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah. Um, so Wakanda. In the score, there was the the piece, the Wakanda bit um, that I thought mm-hmm, it was mm-hmm. actually very interesting. I, I I loved it. There are some parts 
some underscores and some thematic material in the overall score of Black Panther that I'm like, who did this? Like, who allowed this to happen? This this is, there's like literally the guy just making natural chords on a keyboard and just moving them around four chords, just like pop music. And that's what I'm saying. Ludwig is is a pop um, producer. It, he, I don't know. Well, I mean, I there is a very big pop theme to this, I feel. Like, you know, because it, it switches different yes, like, yeah. tones and styles constantly throughout it. You know, much more African-based, much more hip-hop-based, much more traditional Marvel. Which, before I say anything more, though, Shaq has been very quiet over here. I want to hear what he has to say about this. Yeah, because, <laughs> I, he, he mind, I've been quiet the whole time because if I was actually talking, he'd be saying, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, for the last two minutes. <laughs> I bet you were. Can I just say the last thing before I before Shaq? I'm sorry. Yes. Last thing, just last thing, and then you can uh, flip me off as much as you want. Oh, um, I've been flipping on my laptop for the last two minutes. There we go. There we go. No, you're fine. You, you have, you know, totally, totally understanding. I, you know, I wish I had the same understanding you had. Whenever you hear him scoring, the actual more cultural, paced and more cultural thematic material, it's amazing. You start seeing really the strength of the score of this movie. I loved it. I love that. But it's when we move into the actual, like, normal scoring, action scene kind of, you know, Austin Addos and, like, <laughs> it's weak. It's just weak. I don't – for such a beautiful movie because I, I loved Black Panther. I repeat, I, I saw it, like, three times in a, in a row, by the way. I didn't mention that. In I saw row? it three times in a row. Wow. Yes, I saw it three times. That's how good it was. I had time on my hand. Dude, I work from home. <laughs> <laughs> well, my son was eating, in, was eating fruit in, in his chair, and I'm like – well, I guess we're watching nine hours of this. You know, it, it's you know, I, I I watched it so good, love the movie. It just some areas, it's just uh, well, exhaustingly uh, boring scoring. I'll but agree that it. the Afri- more African theme stuff, the more cultural things, actually were some of my favorite tracks of this. Like even um, so good. Like so, uh, I mean, when you say some of the action stuff, there's like one really great fight scene piece, um, the Killmonger versus T'Challa, T'Challa track, mm-hmm. which I thought was actually really, really fun. Like just had a great tense pace and style to it that really worked. <laughs> fun yeah yeah but south south african oh, yeah. rhythms south african rhythms by default are the most insanely hard to to play and to perform and incredibly sounding rhythms they have a complexity that it's just beyond like the only complexity that comes close to that is the actual uh like genuine latin american rhythms and you know merengue and, like the stuff that they play over there in mexico not the stuff that we we have like uh, despacito shit. You know, it, we're talking, we're we're talking like the actual merengue is the actual Latin American music down there. It's an, it's very complicated. So anyway, yes. without being too boring. Yes, now, beautiful. Without further ado, Shaq. Shacky. Now, motherfucker. <laughs> uh, I the, uh, clearly by my seething rage during this whole thing shows that I fucking adore this score. Um, this shit remind it, it was literally to me a perfect blend of the as you mentioned like the typical superhero themes with African instruments like the, and just shit in the way that like the type of shit I would grow up listening to with my parents and shit 
like for example like warrior falls when they're doing like the big chanting like chalalu chala like that's shit that like when i saw in the theater i fucking cried dude I'm like, I never there thought I would go. ever see this type of Fair. shit. Or Fair even stuff. hear this type of shit. Fair. And they bl- like, I, ugh, I'm fucking <laughs> fucking up my words right now. But like, it's not so easy, is it? <laughs> yeah, it's not easy at all. But just, then, like, I didn't think the way that they even incorporate hip-hop into this fucking soundtrack when Killmonger shows up. And they would blend all three. They would blend the hip-hop, like the trap beats and the bass with with like the like the fl- African flutes and then like the typical like tones you would hear in a fucking villain theme for a superhero movie, I'm sitting there like, how yeah. the shit is this really happening? And it works so well to me. Yeah, those themes I like, agree uh, with that, actually. were actually some of my favorite parts of the whole score. I think. Yeah, yeah. I, I like this thematic and every time he, a lot And every more. time he showed up, you hear that little flute showing up. I'm like, that's I love that. Just uh, what was it the a king sunset? Yes. When that when they play that theme, I again cry, I was crying for a good chunk of this fucking movie. <laughs> so you, it's safe to say that you didn't actually major major part of it. It's safe to say that you didn't actually watch the movie. You just cried through it and you just I, saw it through the tears. The first time I was watching it through tears. The second time, like two days later, I was still watching it like, man, this shit is incredible. And then literally every single time I would listen to it, I would find a new thing that I would be like, you know what? I love this aspect of the score. It's fucking... No, this shit is masterful to me. It's it's pretty good. I mean, I liked it. I watched it three times in a row. Wait, wait, wait. wait. You start off as saying, "Ah, oh, it's kind of weak," and now you're like, "Oh no, 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 it's really good." Don't no, worry. it's it's well, I'm, I'm you know we're t- we're talking about you know we're talking about top notch scores regardless. Every single one of these names that there we have here, we're talking yeah. about the the top of the top of the ladder. Within that, I'm just being you know very nitpicky about it, but really in all essence, you know, it's not a bad score at all. No, no, fair enough. I'm just giving you a hard time. It's just weird that like. The white Swedish motherfucker makes the most African score of the year. <laughs> That's exactly what I thought too. And it actually the music works, and it music, doesn't yeah. feel like appropriation. There's another, ex- well, yeah. there's another you know, example of that, that we'll talk about later in this score too. Yeah. If, if, like this, this shit just feels very reverent, and I, I fucking adore it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, just my two cents, really quick. Then uh, I also enjoyed it. Going to be very quick. Uh, Captain America, Iron Man, Ant Man. They all have scores. No one really knows what they are until like the second or third film they're in. True. Um, Black Panther immediately ties in to the music. And um, like Killmonger sounds like his score sounds like he's from Oakland, which he is. And T'Challa's sound is from Wakanda, which he is. And then they blend those musics like you pointed out, Shaq. And it sounds like that they should belong together, which is what the film 
is about. So I thought it was an outstanding score as well. So we got the next score here uh, for Black Klansman uh, by Terrence Blanchard. Now, I think I mentioned on the podcast already, I finally saw Black Klansman uh, in one of my classes, which I enjoyed it overall. I think my only complaints, well, my biggest ones at least, were um, the beginning and the ending of the movies where I'm just kind of like, Okay, Spike, we get it, <laughs> you know, but I think that it's uh, still a pretty strong movie on the, on the whole. Um, now, the score is interesting because this is composed by Terrence Blanchard, as I mentioned, who is pretty much, if, correct me if I'm wrong, I think he scored almost every single Spike Lee film, or the majority of them, at least. Uh, I, I believe 19 of them. Oh, jeez. Wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so this is definitely a legacy pick for him, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, now this is interesting because I, I, I went in knowing that the score had been very acclaimed and people were predicting it. And I think that it's actually a pretty good score. I might say this might be my, I don't know, it's, it's ne- near the bottom of my list more than it's not kind of thing. It's like, it's not that it's bad. I just felt like it's a little safer because a lot of it's very, like, underscoring background music, you know, for the most part. It's, honestly, I'm going to say, it to me, listen, to me, it's bland as fuck. Yeah. I did, like, I did not like this score. Like, just, even, like the movie I'm fine with, but like you say, yeah, it's very... Backing you like it doesn't call attention to itself, but then when you when I listen to it like on its own, I'm like this seems so substandard to me. The, I I don't really know how to like describe it in a way that it'd be like Lorenzo's better better at describing mu- music and like <laughs> that's why we have him here. But just say I you know this. I don't ever want to like listen to this ever again. Like outside of the, even outside of the movie or just in general. Like it's just it's. Peace. Keep the Medium. score away from me forever. <laughs> so we'll play like uh, I don't know, like a tale of two of two races or whatever. Just like turn that off now. <laughs> I wouldn't even be like I wouldn't honestly. I wouldn't even be able to recognize it because it's just so fucking bland to me. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Tale of two power. Well. It's- For me, it sounds like how it's supposed to, and in that time frame, and in the uh, type of stuff they're doing, you know, cop stuff. You know, it's that's uh, well to prove your bland point, Shaq. A thousand movies sound like that from that time period, so I think it's a correct sounding score. Um, Maybe not the best, but. I think it works. It's functional. Yeah, like, I couldn't really tell you any, like, favorite tracks that I had from this other than, like, maybe, like, A Tale of Two Powers. Because there is nothing. Everything sounds like everything else. Well, the only parts that work becomes different. <laughs> but it's supposed to, yeah, right? Only, I don't, no, but not in a way that makes it go, like, oh, I really like that. It's like, oh, if this is mediocre, this also sounds mediocre. Well, because the only time it really wakes up as a score is whenever they start doing more of, like, the kind of 70s black exploitation funky beats, you know? Like, whenever they're doing like, the big chase sequences where I'm like, okay, this is unique, but... But it didn't really like stand as going like, oh wow, this got amazing now or anything like that.
Yeah. Lorenzo, what, what do you think? Well, I, I think I, I think it, it's a little bit of both, but we're nine. You know, you said it, uh, Bradley, nineteen seventies. Um, I, you know, I, I was analyzing the score. I was listening to it, and the more I was listening to, you know, each and every tracks, um, I just thought this this is so appropriate. This is this is really uh, actually well done. The use of woodwinds and and and. Um, licensed music. There is a lot of licensed music in this. Movie. Oh yeah, a ton. And and this kind of like the the controversial, you know, idea sparked in me. Like, who's winning the Oscar? The people that made the music that they licensed, or well, so uh, so you know, when, when it comes to the Oscars, they only <laughs> submit anything the actual composer wrote. So I, I I know I'm just being you know I'm just being a butt right now because <laughs> it's it's like they 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 <laughs> licensed half literally half of the movie was licensed music, and you know here's here's the thing about this, what I hear in this score I hear the the, the chemistry between Spike Lee and Blanchard because. You know, it's the same. It's the same chemistry that I hear when I hear Spielberg Williams and I hear Elfin Burton, and, and it's it's the same chemistry. It's the same. Just they just it, fl- it just flows very very well with the picture. Now the quality of the score. I mean, uh, I personally enjoyed listening to it. It's the blend between jazz and and R and B with with just traditional film scoring is is. I, was, I I thought it was very masterful. I thought it was very educated, uh, very educated choice. Um, again, I think the only con that I have here, it's like he probably how long is the movie? An hour and how long? It's about an hour forty, hour thirty. Yeah, hour and forty minutes. I I honestly think that like literally sixty five minutes of that, it's it's licensed music. Yeah, that's all my the tracks only are con. very short on this. They're like a minute a piece. I get. I guess it's just a ton. It's just like I. I. I want to hear the score. I don't want to hear like. I get it. Like the context of the music. I get it. Like they're in the car. You know. Blah blah blah. I get it. I understand why. I just wish it wasn't that much. That's all. Yeah. No. Okay. So we're. And I don't. I don't really. I like the movie. The movie was great. I just didn't. I don't prefer this to win. Honestly. No. Fair enough. I. I think. Yeah. This is not really tracking very highly. It's like the one that's going to take the prize. No. No. Honestly. Mm-hmm. Like. I know we were talking about Into the Spider-Verse. If they had taken this out and put Spider-Verse instead, I would have been so much more fine with that. I agree yeah, that would have been neat. I agree with that. For sure, yeah. 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 No. Also, seriously, Justin, you need to go listen to that score again. Like, just like for example, only one Spider-Man, the one that plays at the very beginning when they're playing the opening credits, is one of my favorite pieces I've heard last year. The way they blend the, <laughs> yeah. like, like the, way they blend the turntable scratches into the fucking score, I was like, yo, I'd never heard that before either, and it works so good. Yeah. Well, yeah. There's no. so yeah, much stuff in that film that we've never seen before. I love it so much. Yeah, no, I'll definitely listen to it again. I, I'm g- gonna buy this movie as soon as it comes out on Blu-ray. So yeah, it's definitely no. And I, I think the ending and the beginning work. I mean, you had a uh, Black Panther, you know, saying his piece on how he thinks the world is, and you have David Duke spouting his nonsense. <laughs> uh, David Duke's alive at the end, dude. The world hasn't learned anything. Oh. But well, um, no, I, I won't mean, get on that high horse. I don't disagree so. with the message. I just think that the movie kind of like overplayed its hand a little bit. But that was just my, my personal uh, thoughts on that one. But like a more shock than message at the end. Well, it's just it's just so like, loud. It's like Spike Lee getting on a megaphone in a soapbox. You know, just like okay. I was, <laughs> I, like, I, I was fine I with that. And I was not fine with like that whole Cobb subplot. 
Because that I was like, that was like a forced feel good. Moment. Yeah, that. The, or it yeah, was like yeah. you couldn't. You could have just taken this out, or it wouldn't. It would not resolve that way at all. Yeah, the way they resolved it, I'm like, wait, that worked. <laughs> you know, we're <laughs> just. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. Uh, moving on from there, then we have now. This is going to be interesting because this is the the score for if Beale Street could talk. Now, this is Linklis Patel, who has previously worked with um, uh, uh, Barry, Jenkins Barry Jenkins for Moonlight, where he got nominated for that score, too. Now, Lorenzo, had you heard the music for Moonlight before this one? Or Absolutely. It's fantastic. I mean, the mm-hmm. guy, yeah, the guy's got a, he's got a huge collection of uh, hits. Yeah, no, he's, he's been kind of spread out for, like, different scores. Cool. Like, he did the score for Vice and the Big Short, uh, and he's kind of, he's still fairly which, new. Which Big Short is, happens to be one of my favorite movies of all time, oh, by the okay, way. Cool. His score was amazing. Wow. Yeah. Well, then, yeah. Um, I'm curious what you think of Vice, because I absolutely hated that movie, but... <laughs> <laughs> he really did. I, do, I don't. I don't. I haven't watched it. I have to. I have to watch it. Yeah, because yeah, that was I'll such a bummer. Because I love the Big Short too. So, but Big Short is amazing. Yeah, but now the score here, movie. I'm interested because there's basically what I've noticed re-listening to the score again now is that there's really maybe three or four major themes that they play variations on the entire time. But yeah. each of those themes, mm-hmm. and I'll say <laughs> before you get into it, let me just say it right quick. I cried at every single one of those motherfuckers every time they replay <laughs> it. Like the the the, the main one, uh, I think it's what it's called Eden, yeah. right? At least the first one, yeah, Eden. Every time they replayed it, tears would just come out. <laughs> like that was like the cheat code. <laughs> Yeah, because oh, is it that man. one? And then uh, "Children of Our Age" was the other one that really is like the major theme of the movie, like the major lead motif. Oh, the one yeah. another one that hit me a lot though was Eros. Eros was the one that also got me a lot. Like, that was the one where they played... I think that was the one that they played when they first, like, made love in the movie. And then a couple of other, like, key moments. But, like, fuck, dude. <laughs> this movie, the score is... I told you, Justin, this is maybe in my top three, like, ever. Wow. Like, the way this wow. thing, this, the way this score hit me emotionally was something I never expected a movie could do, ever. Wow. There, yeah, I, I actually agree. I actually agree. I think that's very accurate. Um, it's, it's very personal to you, but I, I think a lot of other people, I share the same feeling. Um, Bradley, what do you, what do you think? Well, I haven't seen the film, but uh, definitely a powerful score. What I have heard on the YouTubes, 
So hopefully I'll be able to see it eventually. I don't know why it's not playing in my podunk little town. I mean, it's a small release. It, 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 I'm so shocked this movie just got so ignored on the whole. You know, it's like it made. Yeah, yeah. I'm livid about it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm kind of mad. I'm, I'm kind of mad because, like, here, so here's 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 what I think. Nicholas Brittle, 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 yeah, Brittle, Brittle. Okay, so you guys made. I don't know if you know this. You probably do, but he is the guy that wrote additional music for the McQueen and Zimmer Twelve Years of Slave. Oh, really? Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. That. He, he's that guy. That makes so that, sense. So I mean, Zim, you can hear the... Zimmer wrote the score, yeah. and, and Brittell wrote some... Some of the music is from him, which means in the business side of the world, which means that probably Zimmer gave him a ton of work to do. So um, that's usually what it means, because, you know, Zimmer is a busy guy. He, he writes, like... 200 movies a year anyway <laughs> no he, he doesn't anymore he, he doesn't well, do i mean anymore. he's been doing but a lot more tv work too so he, he does a lot yeah he's done uh, what was that the, the crown oh yeah the, the crown um and the, didn't he do the um uh, blue planet 2 also he wrote the score for that or oh okay that wasn't necessarily him that was uh bleeding fingers and and Hans Zimmer, bleeding, ah. so Hans Zimmer has remote control and bleeding fingers. They're two separate businesses. They do the same thing, but they're two separate businesses with two different business partners. Okay. Partners. Okay. Um, bleeding fingers is usually like the the people that will come into remote control eventually when they get experience enough. Uh, it's like the, the 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 gate through. And I in in the my God planet planet Earth. What was that? Ocean planet? Blue planet. I am still dreaming about that music. That music is so beautiful. I love, I love it so much. Bill Street could talk, man. Brittell is a. Um, not only he's a delivering composer, he delivers. He delivers every time so well. He's just so good. He's, he's really good. This score is amazing in every single way. Like the, the cello and the viola, they just intertwine that way. The orchestration, the bleak tenderness of the music is just... Whew, it, it reminds me of Bernard Herrmann a little bit. Like the way he used to tackle... Uh, tender moments, which is actually, I mean, we're talking Bernard Herrmann. We're talking one of the greatest composers ever lived. I don't know if you guys know the name. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I know um, yeah, Bernard Herrmann. Yeah, yeah Hitchcock. He, wor- he worked a little bit, with, a lot, actually. It was one of those things, you know, uh, Williams, um, Spielberg, and then there was Bernard Herrmann and Hitchcock. Anyway, it, yeah, I loved the score. Yeah, absolutely. Very, very Th- This much. is my favorite of the very whole batch, personally. I want, in fact, I, I actually want this one to win. Yeah. I want this one to win. That would be hands down. Well, especially because now it's the biggest competition was First Man, and that didn't get nominated at all. So it's like, oh, yeah, in fact, which is still yeah. beyond me. <laughs> <laughs> Snub. Yeah. So no, I agree. I think this score is a great, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I people, I implore you, like you know, the same way we were about the Shape of Water last year. This is the score you need to. Ch- oh you know, my goodness. Yeah, this is the one you need to run out and listen to by far. You know. <laughs>
Mm-hmm. And speaking of which, fun segue, uh, we're going to talk about the composer of that score, Alexander uh, Desplat, with his new movie, Isle oh, of oh, oh, Dawn. Justine, uh, uh, excuse-moi, c'est uh, Alexandre Desplat. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Say it right. <laughs> Say it right. <laughs> ah, there we go. We have French speakers. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, there we go. Je m'appelle Bradley Martin. Oui, <laughs> <laughs> oui. Oui. <laughs> anyway, yes, Isle of Dogs. There we go. Uh, now, this is interesting. Uh, kind of the same we were talking about uh, a Swedish guy doing a big African score. We got, you know, a French guy doing a very Japanese score in this case because it's just yeah. so full of, like, cultural Japanese tones and sounds and that kind of such. And, like, the traditional drums and everything. We, which he actually, I think they hired yeah. a bunch of, like, professional Japanese drummers for some of those. Um, they did. Yeah, they yeah. Did. I mean, and well, it shows in the performance of it. Oh yeah, and you know, and what Definitely else can we say about Despa? Yeah. He's kind of the new Williams in the sense of he gets nominated like almost every other year at this point. He's he's got two two time Oscar winner. Yeah, I mean, for um, Budapest Hotel and for Shape of Water. So correct. Which you know, the thing is, I'll say is that one thing I love about Despa is that whenever he teams up with um, Wes Anderson. I think Anderson brings out his best work. Like he feels like he really lets Desplat cut loose and try new stuff when he yeah. when he does his music. Because yeah. when you think about like uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox, um, Budapest Hotel, Moonrise Kingdom, and then this movie, they sound unlike almost any other de- uh, Desplat score. You know. <laughs> Good job. <Okay. laughs> well, but think of think of like the Imitation Game, and think of the Danish Girl. Think of uh, even even the Deadly Hollows Part One. Oh yeah, the even Queen. That or, one. Yeah, all those. And scores. then Coco before Chanel. I mean, he's done Suffragettes, I think, and oh, a lot of amazing, scores. Amazing, yeah. amazing, amazing music. This guy is just amazing. But at the same time, a lot of those scores, as good as they are, they start to kind of sound the same at some point. Where you're like, yeah, he has a certain style for us. That he's like his his sensational and his emotional scores. You know. Yeah. Well, composers do repeat themselves. I mean, think of Zimmer. Zimmer repeats himself every other score. It's oh, yeah. Not the, it, yeah, it, and he started the Bois movement, so <laughs> yeah, damn him to bull, hell, bull. even though I love the Inception score. Yeah. I kid you not. As soon as um, uh, Inception hit the market, actually, mm-hmm. no, I correct myself. As soon as the trailer hit the market for Inception, Trailer music composer, because by the way, there is a whole category of composers that focus entirely on trailers. Oh, yeah, um, the guys who do yeah. like Hearts of Courage yeah. and stuff, uh, Two Steps yeah. from Hell, yeah, exactly, Two Steps from Hell. But I mean, uh, there's an entire community of people that just sell to uh, licensing pros, um, uh, Colossus and all other co- colossal, anyway. The whole community, as soon as that thing dropped and, and directors and producers went nuts, they started licensing music. Oh, can you introduce this brom sound in this in this thing? And everyone's like, what the f*** is this? And and then they went and, and listened to the trailer for Inception. And then subsequently they went and watched the movie and like, oh, that's what they mean. And so <laughs> they they started yeah. like nowadays you cannot find a hybrid, and I am guilty of this. I compose music with those massive Brahms as well. Uh, you cannot find hybrid cinematic music that does not include, in some way, shape, or form, a some sort of Brahms. It, it actually is called <laughs> Brahms. Like that's what really? it's the technical yeah. term for the synth and low brass 
uh, hit, like, bomb. It's called Brahms. Like, that's that's the technical term. Wow. The yep, more we that, learn. I didn't know that. Is. I just guessed. So, so all this to say, I mean, composers do uh, re- repeat them. I mean, yeah. Yeah, they do repeat themselves a bunch. I don't know how I got there. I got to the Brahms thing. But, yeah, but anyway, sure. the score for this movie, I Love Dogs. I Love Dogs. I Love Dogs. I loved it. Personally. <laughs> well, there you go. Ah, no. It's it's just it, it was weird. It was um but but I loved it for one reason and I'm I'm going first right now. I don't know. Go ahead, go ahead. Um it's out there. It's it's completely out there and the reason why it's out there it's because so the main instrument the driving instrument here is the taiko drum. The taiko drum is the um official instrument uh official percussive instrument of Japan. Yeah, I think uh, it's in every taiko's... single track in the score. Dude, yeah. There's ta- dude, there's yeah. taiko rhythm game. Oh yeah, oh yeah. No, the ta- taiko is the, uh, and they come in all sizes. You know, they come in different uh, inch size, uh, and some of them are literally like three feet, three feet wide, uh, huge toms, uh, and, and and Hans Zimmer uses them heavily in their in his percussive palette. He uses them everywhere, and they sound so good. But here's the splat using a very small one, you know, just a very, very small one. And, and, and there is this precisiveness to the music. The music is completely synced to dialogue, completely synced to dialogue. Like dialogue starts and it, the music starts, dialogue ends, the music ends it. It's just wow. it, 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 it is the, that precision, that like engagement of the composer that I am so blown away with. Because that's very hard for a composer. That's to a do very that. Wes Anderson thing too. Like he's so all about precision in the way that <laughs> yeah. he does everything, even the music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, true, I thought true. I thought it was a very ballsy choice when it comes down to like the music music editor, direction, production, and the composer, they came together and they were like, we're going to do this. And Alex, I, I'm sure he, at some point he was like, shit, this is hard. I can't, I don't know. You know, be, because, because <laughs> you have to, motion. composers, you know, you sit down, you watch the image, all oh, the emotion, all oh, the, the drama, all oh, the, the action. But, you know, you have a cue, a cue starts here and a cue ends there but you don't have like the preciseness of the dialogue to deal with usually and so in this movie what i've seen what i've seen is this black completely masterfully handled the dialogue with the music which is something wow yeah that's all i'm gonna say oh it's great like any particular track that stood out for you uh not a specific one because all of them were just weird it was just weird sounds (laughs) but and i wasn't actually i wasn't really looking at the titles of the tracks um because all of them kind of have a very very similar mood uh very very similar color and so no i I couldn't tell you a specific track but i i the whole score it was just it was just a very different experience to listen to for me at least yeah it's interesting because like i i uh i kind of agree with that where i'm like it it all starts to sound the same in some ways, but at the same time, unlike Black Klansman, I felt like 
it all was distinct at the same time, you know? Like, there's yeah. a distinct tone. Yeah, to no, it. definitely. Uh, like, I still hadn't watched the movie, but yeah, just listening to the score, this, this one, yeah, this one was very interesting because it was so odd. Because, yeah, no, so odd. <laughs> like, a personal favorite of mine was fucking uh, Pagoda Slide. Oh, yeah. That one was just kind of fun. <laughs> You know, you notice how interesting is the duality because he wants to be sort of tribal, but then he puts in a saxophone. Oh, yeah. And, ev- and everything changes and everything, the, the whole genre just twists on itself. That's really the beauty of this score right here because he, he blends a mo- Western modern instrument tech, you know, sort of modern. It's not really modern, but... Western instrument with the tribal nature of the music of the percussions of Japan, and it just works. Oh yeah! And, and I'm sitting, and I'm just sitting there. I'm like, okay, I guess I need to change career side because this I can't top that. You can't top. This. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can't. No, you just can't top this. Hey, just wait. No the uh, the the theme for the gathering will win some award somewhere out there in podcast land. You know. <laughs> Yeah. I hope so. I he, mean, he, I, uh, bring my resume up a little bit. Yeah, he he couldn't write a podcast theme better than you. <laughs> nah, oh, man. Yeah, no. Oscar nomination to podcast songwriting goes to Lorenzo Manuel. Yeah. <laughs> loses their mind. Well, then, uh, Bradley, any last thoughts that you had on this one? Or? Yeah, I saw the film. I really like all of Wes Anderson's films, usually. I haven't seen the, was it Darjeeling Unlimited that everybody hates? But um, no, no, no real thoughts that you guys haven't covered on this score. It pops, it it moves along. Um, the moments of quiet between the characters really work with the drums, especially before there's a brawl. I really enjoy the scene where the dogs are about to fight and it just amps up almost like a Kurosawa film. The, Oh yeah, there's, there's very drums. purposeful like like setups like that. Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, there's a high whistling in it. Is did you call it a pagoda slide? Is that what that instrument is? Yeah. No, that's the name of the track. The one that I thought that I liked okay. a lot. I really like that too, but I, w- I was wondering, like, what is? How did he produce that sound? Well, there was one song in particular yeah, that good that used like that kind of slide and flute thing. It was on um, the the sushi scene, uh, which that's the actual name of the track. Where that's the part when you see the fish okay. getting cut up on the scene and. Uh, I really felt that music really like it stood out for some reason, just mostly because that uh, slide whistle thing going on in the background there. I'm just like, huh? I, it, odd sound, very out there, like you're saying, you know? No, absolutely. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Definitely. So it's weird. Like this one, I wouldn't say it was like my favorite favorite, but it's actually pretty up there. Like right behind Beale Street, it's like maybe like second or third, I think. So yeah, no, I like I liked it uh, again. It's, it can't touch the, the the top two, but I I liked it <laughs> yeah. a lot to go. Like you know, it, it's a good. Story. Yeah. Now the last one here is Mary Poppins Returns by Mark Shaman. Now, 
this is interesting because, like I said, I, I kind of implied this earlier on when we talked about the song. There's a lot of this score that's just repeating lay motifs from the original Mary Poppins soundtrack. You know, like Spoonful of Sugar pops up every now and then throughout the soundtrack, you know? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But I think it's hard to review these kind of scores because it's, I wouldn't say it's like completely safe, safe, but it feels like very Disney. You know, it's a very like high flying, high spirits, you know, energetic score in a lot of ways. But mm. I, I think that's the saving grace of that score. Oh, really? The fact that the, the fact that it's uh, Disney because <laughs> Mark Shaman had huge shoes to fill. Oh, yes. The biggest in some cases. <laughs> Props to him because it's the, 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 the size of the <laughs> the size of the balls you have to have to accept a job like this. It's astronomical. Yeah. Like, Wait, I have to do a score they, based on the Sherman Brothers score? Oh, oh no. He, well, no, based on Mary Poppins and, well, and, like, any really strong legacy. I mean, Well, I'm just saying the composers, Mary, Mary the, the Sherman huge. brothers, who did it, so. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. And if they came to me, I'm like, oh, do you want to score this? I would downright say, no, no, call somebody else. I'm not going to do this. This is terrible. <laughs> this is terrible. I, I can't, I I wouldn't want to do it. Not terrible, meaning that uh, the, 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 the movie's terrible. I'm terrible, like, why did you come to me? <laughs> I, I, no. You know, I, I would have rejected it because of the shoes to fill. It was too much pressure. I think he did a really, really good job. I wouldn't pick it for the Oscar. Um, but he did manage to create songs and, and a score that go along with the predecessor very well. Um, I don't really have anything to say about this one other than this. I don't think it deserves the Oscar. Personally, I don't think there's enough material, enough uh, uniqueness, enough uh, quality. I'm, I'm going to dare to say that uh, for for this score to win the Oscar. But it's definitely not an easy job to do to cover those shoes. Mary Poppins created some of the songs that we still today sing to, you know, just for our own amusement. Yeah, absolutely did. Yeah. It's it's a it's it's a, it's a classic, you know. You can call it classic by now, and uh, no, I don't think it deserves the Oscar. But yeah, this yeah. shit is it's, it's it's not bad, but it's it's yeah, it's just kind of a lot of the stuff from the first one. Yeah, um, I feel like that's expected, mm-hmm. and you kind of had to, but at the same time, it's just it's nothing super special. Yeah. yeah. No, I had, like, Agreed. maybe, like, three tracks that really stood out for me. Because, I mean, there's a few tracks that start to repeat themselves throughout this score. But, like, what? The the opening theme I thought was pretty good. You know, the... Uh... The, the main the main theme's solid. I'll yeah, that's that. the one they, they sold the trailer with. The first one, at least. Where I'm like, yeah. Yeah, yeah that totally... Um, there was also this one, uh, Rescuing Georgie, which I'm assuming is, you know, it, the action themes all kind of start to sound the same, but when you heard this first one, I'm like, oh, it's a fun, energetic, like, fast-paced score kind of thing. Uh, and then um, there's one of the, the kind of the softer ones, the Goodbye Old Friend, which I'm like, okay, that's a that's a cute, cute number, you know.
there's there's definitely some uh, some strong moments. I mean, this Mary Poppins Returns is no Les Miserables. So, uh, I mean, if you wanted to, I, I hate musicals. Uh, like a uh, motion pic, motion picture musicals, like the film musical. Hey, Shaq, you found a friend I, here. I, <laughs> hey, I, I don't like. No, I. Yeah, dude, I, 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 I can't stand them most of the times. Thank um, you. They're just not. <laughs> you walk, right? Like, it's, I, I'm happy that it's not just me because it's, it's. It, I don't know. Musicals to me, uh, uh, I don't know. They're, they're just pushed. They're just forced productions that i just nobody asked for maybe they did i don't know and now <laughs> every movie is going to become a musical it feels like and everyone's doing like la la lands and then and the freaking what's the other one that i just can't stand my wife loves to my wife, wife, no no i hate that one with all my heart but there is another one um there is another one uh you know why i hate that one for small parenthesis Hugh Jackman, I get it. You know, you're tired of playing a ballsy X-Men. Get it, you know? You've been playing for 17 and odds years. But, like, really? Come on. Like, <laughs> just, no. Just no. Just play it. Play a well, good role. Well, I mean, is it that none of the songs fit to the story? Is that why you don't like it? That's kind of why I don't like it. The genre? Uh, I, I don't, didn't like the genre of the music that was composed for it. And I just didn't mm-hmm. like the story. I wasn't really into the story. I just didn't. Well, the like story's it. terrible. It's a piece of crap. But it, 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 <laughs> it is, you know, the only the only um, musical that I actually can stand and I cried my eyes out was Les Miserables. That's the only one that yeah, I Hugh can Jackman's stand. in that. There you Hugh go. Jackman. Yeah. You see the difference though, the direction and the actual narrative of that well yeah Jean Valjean's a, a real character not just right Hugh Jackman wanting to sing in a well movie. a real character and from a book so one thing one thing is one thing is <laughs> yeah. Hugh Jackman singing uh, because if you if you look at it the way Hugh Jackman sung in The uh, Greatest Showman is actually a lot better than how he sung in The, the Miserable well it's different but somehow yeah. but somehow the, the 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 emotion and the reality of that show just grabs and you just, I don't I didn't even care that half of the act Russell Crowe uh, oh I'm gonna get goodness. you Valjean. why <laughs> I sang in a rock band once so I can sing a musical right How, however <laughs> however I enjoyed it even his parts even his bits even Hugh Jackman's bits I enjoyed it. And what's the other the kid that I absolutely I love and I don't know his name? <laughs> Eddie Eddie Redmayne. Redmayne. Oh my goodness, that kid is amazing. Is really? really? Oh Just hey, say... no, we're back. We're back on enemy terms again. <laughs> oh come on, dude, he's an insane. Actor. I well, just... just Justin and Brad know this. I, if there's any actor that I irrationally hate for no real justifiable reasons, Eddie Redmayne. <laughs> Oh man! Well, I, well, I, I'll just say. I gotta, I gotta can I just say? Uh, yeah. In terms of Les Mis, though, Shaq, uh, empty chairs and empty tables. I've seen Les Mis like three or four times, and his is the best I've ever heard. Okay. Yeah. I haven't seen Les Mis. So. Probably won't, but I- I'll take your word for on that. Okay, Shaq, you gotta watch. Well, I appreciate Shaq, that. You, you gotta watch. I, I get it. I don't. I don't like. I don't like musical, but you got to watch Les Mis because it's just. Oh, he's seen it. That good. Pretty sure. What uh, have you have you seen it, Shaq? Or no. Oh, yeah, he just okay. said he did. Okay. <laughs> well, then again, it's an no, irrational it's hatred. Yeah, definitely. 
and I don't yeah, and I don't like. Right? The thing is, it wasn't because of Eddie Redmayne that I didn't see Les Mis. I was completely okay. Like, separate. Right, you got to watch it. You got to watch it, dude. It, it, it's it's woo. It's just mind blowing. Like I mean, uh, what's her face? The one the Oscar. Anne Hathaway. Anne Hathaway. I genuinely, I can. I'm starting to stand her lately. <laughs> I did not stand. I couldn't oh, no. stand her before. I definitely could not stand her as Catwoman, Oof. and I can't stand her. No, I can't stand her. As she, oh, she was, she was as Catwoman, man. I mean, she's sure, yeah. but like, <laughs> is that what, is that how we like... judge actors and actresses nowadays? Oh, sometimes they, they look. I get no. She was she's no, a beautiful no, woman. That. Nothing, nothing against yeah, my, her. My apologies for the uh, misogyny just now. <laughs> No, nah, she's no, nah, she's great. She's a she's a fantastic actress. But I didn't notice how fantastic she was until she played the Miserable, and I was like, whoa. Well, it's like you were saying with the direction. She was uh, performing as if she was literally in that situation, not as if she was trying to sell a pop song, yeah. or a, a yeah. number one hit. And I think that's where the direction for the lamest performances really shines. I absolutely yeah. agree with that. I, I, notice I, I how little it. we're actually talking about Mary Poppins now. <laughs> Okay. That's right. Because it's just so eh. Yeah. No, I agree. It's just it's just there. It's a good movie, but it's just the score just didn't deliver. Yeah, yeah and just didn't deliver. I'm a lamest fanatic, so sorry guys. Okay, fine. Yeah, that's cool. I, I like my lamest you, too. You you are you have the right to be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> just, uh, quit stealing my material, Lorenzo. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. That's your, that's your uh, role. That's your role right there. Sorry. No, I I, I can't. I can't. Well, no, that's about it. Uh, so I'm thinking I'm probably going to split we, up. The- we, sorry, well, we kind of ended on a whimper with that very bummer. <laughs> <laughs> well, so is there anything? Well, you know, here's the, here, let me just say this. So are we pretty much agreed that um, Beale Street should be the winner in this category? Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah, I'll agree with that. Absolutely. I haven't seen the movie, but I'm very excited and the, uh, the sound is outstanding. Yeah, yeah. So, no, I think that's definitely, yeah, that's my pick, too. So, it seems that we were split on song, but we're more in agreement with the score. So, I think that's a that's a good way to, you know, <laughs> come to consensus in some ways here. Uh, we all yeah. love each other very much. <laughs> <laughs> but is there anything else that you guys want to point out in terms of music? <laughs> I mean, so, I'm curious, Lorenzo, just from other movie scores you've heard this last year. So, uh, are you saying that Spider-Man was your favorite favorite, or did you have one that you liked even more this no. year? No, A Quiet Place was... To, to me, is the one that needs to win the Oscar. But oh, wow. Alas. Okay. Yeah, because yeah, I was not made for the Golden Globe. But, yeah. Marco Beltrami is one of my absolute favorite composers. Well, not my one top top five, for sure. Marco Beltrami oh, yeah. is one top five. Um, I'm surprised about the snub because his score is kind of a main character in that film. It yeah. is just f- incredible. I, I mean, I mean, I don't know why it's not up there, and I get it. It probably didn't sell as much, and fine. You know, oh, it was a huge hit, actually. It, so really, it was, was it huge. really not. That's right. It was, yeah, major was, hit. Yeah. So again, everyone all, thinks John Krasinski is a genius now. It's amazing. <laughs> um, the score of that, I was listening. Ju- I, I'm so sometimes I just uh, look uh, and read stuff, and I put music on the side, um, and I just listened to that score the other day. Re-listened to it for seventeenth time now. <laughs> and uh, and I just I can't get enough of it. I can't get enough of the the just sheer 
presence and you're just i was i had to i had to turn it off because i was reading something random and i had to turn it off because i couldn't focus on what i was reading (laughs) because the music was just hitting me so hard it is such it, it, you you're just i i literally I, <laughs> I kid you not i had to look behind my shoulders cuz i was <laughs> was wow, this, up on this romance novel got a lot scarier all of a sudden oh it's the music in the back <laughs> anyway no i i just want to point it out i i think the the quiet place should have um should have gotten the, the pick for me I mean, uh, anyone yeah, else have any? Not just the pick, but the win. Yeah, yeah it should have yeah. been the win. Yeah, straight up the win. Yes. Yeah. But then, uh, Shaq, like any other scores you felt like really got overlooked, or any of them that you think is like your favorite this year, or? Um, I, I mean, like the one, my favorites are most of like all of them except for Spider Verse are there. Like the Black Panther and Beale Street are like the ones that really point uh, stood out to me. I did like even though I didn't think it was going to get nominated, but I did like the Infinity War score a lot. It's like it is really really good and it's probably like even though mcu's been shit at scores for the most part the avengers the avengers are like the ones that they always kind of come through on because I, I feel like they, well they kind of have to yeah but, yeah you no know, they they really did bring it with the uh, infinity war I, like i can't i can't name anything off the top aside from like the obvious main theme but yeah. like yeah that, that that's the one that stood out i'm looking through a list right now i'm trying to think if there's anything else that stands out, but you come back to me after. All right. Uh, well, Bradley, any other ones that you liked? Or um, I think everything is pretty good. I, I liked the uh, the Quiet Place score as well, though. <laughs> you know what? Cause... I'm sorry to interrupt again, but oh, I just yeah, found two it, yeah. off the top that I completely forgot about. Annihilation. That score is fucking Yeah, bizarre, I was going to say. But it's really yeah, good. Yeah, it's so weird. I think it I didn't should that. be acknowledged because the movie's so weird and wasn't that really didn't... acknowledged. And then also Game Night. Game Night oh, should yes. have a score that <laughs> is fun. <laughs> okay, yeah, so uh, Lorenzo, have you heard about this movie, Game Night? No, I haven't. Oh, and, and somebody keeps in, keeps telling me, you got to watch that, you got to watch that. I'm like, oh, I need to, and I just didn't get around to it. Okay, yeah, no, because Game Night's score is fantastic, where it's, um, okay. I forget the guy Cliff did... Martinez. Yeah, Cliff Martinez, the guy who did Drive, uh, wrote oh, the score dear. for it. Okay. Oh, dear, Yeah, so it's yeah. weird, but it's, it's this, like, super silly comedy film. Well, I mean, not, like, goofy, but, like... It's, 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 a, a, it's goofy. It's a goofy it's movie, just, but then it has this... Goofy. Yeah, it's a goofy movie that it's has this dark really comedy, great, man. like, like thrilling score in the background. You're like, wow, this is way, even way too good a score for as good as the movie <laughs> is. You're like, wow, they pulled out the stops with it, so... I really would love to see it. Uh, I another one that I liked. Uh, sorry, Bradley, it's probably your turn. One last one that I liked from this year. It's the score for the Mule. Oh, I did not hear that. Okay, yeah, I haven't seen that one. And I, I, I just, uh, I haven't seen the movie. I'm gonna be honest, but I did. <laughs> okay. Somebody, somebody linked to me the the score for it, and I thought it was it was 
impressive. I thought it was very, very good. In fact, I thought it was, why isn't this a pick? But again. Fair enough. Uh, Bradley, any other ones that you stood out for you? No, I was just going to say Annihilation too because it's fun when, when I say, oh, I liked the score from Annihilation, and people are like, well, how does it go? And I'm like, <laughs> just right in their face, and they get all like unsettled, and I'm like, right, right, that's the feeling of the movie, though, so now you get the score, too. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, it's, it's a very like weird, like ambient, like electronic score they have throughout the movie. Um, you don't yeah, even know how to fucking strange. describe it. No. It's so <laughs> yeah, weird. Yeah. They're, they're trying to communicate an alien tone to it, so it's it, 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 it oh worked God. on the whole, yeah. Uh, I mean, so I enjoyed that. Uh, That's everything else. I think is right. Yeah, you know, I think the only one, I guess, again, we were kind of surprised that First Man got ignored so hard with its score, which is like, you know, I, I don't know. It, it seems like First that Man. One was under, a, that one this was is a, a sure very win. cheap plug to, for you to put it edit in the episode, but the fucking moon, the song during the moon landing. That's exactly why we're doing this segment. Maybe so. the greatest piece <laughs> out of that soundtrack. Maybe one of the top five pieces of the year. I've heard that from hundreds of critics, so I'm not sure what the Academy was thinking with that snub. So, yeah, her voice snub too. I don't know. It's weird where like Barry Jenkins and um, uh, Damien Chazelle were among like the top names being pass- passed around for like Oscar stuff, like oh for director and for score and that stuff. And they actually went home mm-hmm. most empty-handed out of most people <laughs> in these categories. It's like they're being blamed for what happened. Bullshit. I know. <laughs> yeah, I both know, of I them agree. are being blamed for the the whoopsie daisy by. Uh, well, hmm. anyways. Yeah. No, but I think the only other score that I really uh, thought stood out from the stuff last year. Um, Ooh, last year. Well, I mean. Well, oh, I, I guess mean, it is last year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Welcome to 2019, Lorenzo. Hello. It's February. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, I mean, I think the only other one that kind of stood out to me again was uh, Buster Scruggs' score, which I love the guy who does the music for the Coen Brothers because um, he's done all the music since Fargo way back. No, no oh, even wow. before that, Miller's Crossing, he did the score for that too. So he's. He's done a lot of great stuff, and he's just now getting recognition because he started submitting stuff to the Oscars. Because before he's like, I don't care. I don't, Meh, I don't, yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, I've heard that story. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so good. it's like, okay, it's nice. And it's cool to see him getting recognition. I think, you know, the song is probably the best part of the score, like the stuff he wrote for the movie. But I still think the music was really, really solid throughout the rest of it. So that's good. that's the most I got to say about that. One more, I want to say, um, fucking revenge. Revenge is a really good score. Okay, I've not actually seen that one. Yeah, Dude, I haven't heard that one. It's it's good shit. I'll say that. Awesomeness. Could I ask about Mandy? Everyone says Mandy's oh, got the. What? Is it? 
don't know why I didn't think about Mandy either. Mandy has, also has a fucking great score. Also, what's the last it, one but, yeah. I haven't by um, uh, oh. Johan Johansson? Yeah, well, okay, so yeah, you know Johan Johansson, right, um, Lorenzo? Yeah, 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 of course. Yeah, so That's this was the very last score that got um, published of his before he died, apparently. Or like, the one last he, he finished. Was, so he was working on this one before before he died? Is that what it was? Yeah, because well, I think um, there were like three movies that um, he had unfinished uh, when he when he died. It was this one, um, that sailing movie that we watched, uh, the one I watched with Davy in London, and then there's one other score. But this, I think... Mary Magdalene. Yeah, so Mandy Whoa. was the last one like of the stuff that he... Um, Nicolas Cage? Yes, it's a. Uh, it is an insane <laughs> movie from everything I know. About they it, they so. still casts him. They they cast Dude, him. This oh, is maybe man. one of his best performances in, in years. He's on the cusp of like a huge comeback, man. Because this, and then Spider-Man, and then Teen Titans Go, the movie, it's like, he's kind of reinventing himself, one, leaning into the crazy, and two, just being a voice actor, you know? <laughs> yeah. Which is accessible act- and I, insane. I just yeah. want to watch this so hard right now, because it, first off is Johan Johansson, which I love, and two, Nicolas Cage, come back. <laughs> that sounds so good. Well, I, that I, sounds, I don't think he I, ever left, it's just he's left the A status maybe a little bit. Probably, he's kind of accepted his role because, as like the B-movie, like crazy dude, you know, just that dude who pops up and like stuff like this, you know. Have you seen that video of him breaking down his most important roles? Oh, I haven't yet. Yes. <laughs> it's it's just cringy. It's like, I'm like... <laughs> Honestly, no, I thought it was legitimately fascinating. It was fascinating, but it was cringy at the same time because I, I was like, here's the dude. Really, really, he's trying to do a good job, and everyone keeps on shitting on him. <laughs> it's like I, I just feel bad for him because some of his performances are ridiculous. But so it's like Defoe's Def- some per- Defoe's performance. I'm, I'm like, okay, that's yeah, Spider Man. <laughs> see, see somebody <laughs> like, when he breaks down like what he was going for in the role. You're like, oh. Okay, this makes sense, and it makes you appreciate the character a right? lot more than I already did. Right? That's exactly my feeling I had when I was watching that video. I was like, oh, I want to see, see you succeed now. I really do. Yeah. Though I've heard some stories about that were pretty difficult with Nicolas Cage for that, because there was that one movie he did with, um, I think it was like Man Eats Dog, or Man Bites, or what was that one called? Was like, Man Bites Dog? I think it was a Man Bites Dog, where apparently out of nowhere on set, he decided to start doing a Humphrey Bogart impression. And he would refuse to change it, even though they'd already filmed sequences without him doing it. So they had to rewrite the script for him. In a way, in which movie? I, I gotta look up the name. It, it's just like... Oh, I, if it's what I think it is. If it's fucking Dog Eats Dog, I, then yeah. <laughs> I think it's that one. He did that. that. Yeah, where there's just no reason why he just starts switching to a Humphrey Bogart impression. And they're just like, I guess we have to write the script around that now. So. Yeah, that, oh my God. Yeah, you know it is Dog Eats Dog, because that fucking bullshit movie, he does that just randomly. And it makes no sense for the rest of the movie, and he just keeps doing it. And you're like, why? And just, he's like, no, his character's a big fan of Humphrey Bogart. And it's like, what? Okay. I mean, I, I see I see where he's coming from, but, like, come on. Yeah. Well, at least they carried over that to Spider-Man. It's like, oh, it actually fits in here. So. Yeah. Never yeah. so the wind Also, falls. Also, to close my, my smells uh, like rain. stupid opinions... Being a documentary fan, I just I just got to mention uh, "Once You Be My Neighbors" documentary music. Oh yeah, 
Cool. Why was why wasn't that nominated? Apparently, the, <laughs> the documentary branch hates movies that make money. That's that's what I've determined from this nomination list. It's like uh, it's such, I heard that okay. Free Solo did really well, though. I just well, want, really you, well for Free Solo is probably what a couple million dollars. If you want an hour of straight up feels and cry, that's the one you need to watch. <laughs> Yeah, which I know Shaq okay. is I'm, I'm looking that. forward to seeing it, yeah. Shaq admitted yeah, that was Martin. a movie that made him cry his eyes out, so. Yeah. What? Uh, won't you be my neighbor? Won't you be my neighbor? Oh, yeah, I did. It 100% did. I, I just I, I remember I watched it once and I and I ref, I perfectly ref, that the first time I watched it, I was like I am refusing to finish this because I just I am making a mess of myself Aww. I've used I was like <laughs> no this this I'm a man I'm a man I can't cry this much I'm a yeah. man. I was crying on me and yeah no it's it's a fantastic documentary and the music oh <laughs> So good. So good. Anyway. All right. We're, we're that, running so on guess. about two hours here almost. So I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to cut this into two parts when we actually put it out there. So that yeah. way yeah. you should cut it into scores and then songs. That's the plan. Let's do so, it. There Let's go. do it. Yeah. Yeah. But that's reversed. So no, but thank, thank you guys so much for being on the, on this podcast. You're welcome. It's, yeah. So was um, very fun. as usual, as we end off, uh, Bradley, where can they find you on the internet? I'm still on Twitter. Uh, Bradley of Martin. Uh, there's no Ian Bradley. Uh, you can catch me on the Screener Squad and other Eye on the Prize shows. That's it. <laughs> I was waiting for you to go on and say, and? <laughs> uh, Shaq, where can they find you? All right. You can find me all social media networks. Shaq Excellence. That's S-H-A-K. Excellence. Uh, you can find me on yeah, other shows, on various shows on oneofus.net. And also, I got my other podcast, Sequels. That's Sequels with two E's. And that you can find over on uh, Spotify and iTunes and all that shit under Top Film Society. Awesomeness. And then I know, awesome. Lorenzo, you have a few things that you can't talk about technically because you're under contract. But is there anything? I, you- I, I have a couple of contracts right now that I can't talk about, but the stay tuned. Um, I have, you, you guys can find me at uh, Lorenzo Manual Composer on SoundCloud and Lorenzo.Emanuel.Composer on Instagram. I post random composer crap. Along with uh, my son being covered in tomato sauce, <laughs> and uh, on Facebook on Loren- under Lorenzo Manuel, um, where I usually post like some stuff that I am posting on SoundCloud or and or Instagram. So those are those places. Awesomeness, and yeah, you know where to find me, guys. Here, Breakfast Pub, Screener Squad. Yeah, <laughs> that's about it. So. <laughs> Thank you guys so much, and uh, yeah. yeah, that's the man. We got a lot more out of that than I thought we were going to. So awesome! Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's well, awesome. um, we'll be back in probably like another two weeks or so. I mean, the, the news has slowed down a lot, but you know, leading up to the Oscars because they don't even know what they're doing for the Oscars now. <laughs> so who knows? <laughs> who knows? We'll, we'll find out soon enough. So see you guys. Yeah. Bye, guys. Also, "Shallow's a good song. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> you gotta, you gotta get your last one. <laughs> I gotta do that. I gotta kick him while they're on the side. <laughs>